Welcome to Tracy Cochran's weekly guided meditation at the Hudson River Sangha. Tracy's teachings are given freely. If you'd like to support the teacher and the Sangha, please visit Tracy's website at tracycochran.org. There you'll find ways to donate, and any contribution will be welcome. Enjoy the guided meditation. So, of course, happy here, happy new here. And I remember um, because I also am a writer and a journalist sitting with a small group of journalists with the Dalai Lama, the current Dalai Lama, on the eve of Y2K. Not exactly New Year's Eve, but days before. And there was tremendous excitement because it was going to be, we were going to move from the 20th century to the 21st century. It just felt so enormous. And remember, there were all these kind of fears that all the computers would crash and so on. And so the question was posed to His Holiness, how do you feel about this big event? This, you know, Y2K? And he said, I, he seemed bewildered, it's just another day. He said, you could feel the whole room be kind of deflated in a sense. It's not even just another day, it's just another moment. Uh, at the same time, it's a wonderful event, a wonderful occasion to think about new beginnings and about endings. And as uh, so great Bodhisattva Fred Rogers said, Sometimes it seems like you've come to the end of something, and it's actually the beginning of something new. So it's a wonderful time to do this thing they call making resolutions. And I sent a little note out about that, and also to set intentions. And, and I forgive you in advance if you didn't read my note because there were parties to go to and so on. But the root of the word resolution actually means to loosen, to widen. The Latin root of the word is probably something similar in Spanish. But the suggestion that I offered was to open the lens of our seeing, not just with the mind, but with the heart. And in a similar way, the root, again, Latin root of the word intention means to stretch. And I was thinking, this isn't necessarily stretching in the sense of projecting or straining, but to make space that we're bigger than we think, that our true nature, our true self contains 
qualities and treasures that we don't yet know. And to allow our resolutions, our intentions for the year to be in the spirit of that coming home, softening, opening. I, here's a wonderful quote from Nietzsche. One's own self, one's own self is well hidden from oneself. Of all minds of treasure, one's own is the last to be dug up. Of all minds of treasure, one's own is the last to be dug up, which is exactly what we're doing here one moment at a time. So the practice is something more than just feeling good. The practice is opening. So by way of example, I, I thought of a cartoon that I saw in the New Yorker years ago. And I was asked to speak about power at the Rubin Museum and was kind of finding my way. And in this cartoon, there was this raggedy little boy, a medieval boy. And he was looking at this great big huge sword sticking out of a stone. You know where I'm going with this, but maybe not. And beside him stood Merlin, the great sorcerer, the great magician. And this skinny little boy in rags is grasping the sword. And Merlin says to him, use thy core, use thy core, Arthur. And I thought it was funny because the tendency is to think that with the new year, we're going to get strong, we're going to get fit, we're going to develop our core muscles. But I invented an acronym. I like acronyms because they're easy to remember. And I hope you will like it too for the word core. So in, in this spiritual rendition, uh, the letter C stands for concentrate. And concentrate doesn't mean narrow your mental focus. It doesn't mean mental concentration at all. In this practice, to concentrate is to settle down, to turn the attention back to your personal experience, your embodied experience of the present moment as you find it. And to just let the attention come to the body, come to the present moment, to come together. 
And this movement of return, of returning the attention to the body, concentrates us. And I find it helpful to think about cooking. Like if you're concentrating a, a sauce, you're letting it cook down. And in the same way, this gentle movement is grounding us, it's settling us, letting ourselves settle down. See, so O, the O of core means open. In this practice, concentration, this movement of return leads to an opening of attention or awareness. And what's unique about it is that it allows us to feel present and still be open to what's arising inside and also outside. That's the essence of this practice. So well, R is remember. Sati, the Pali word for this practice, literally means remember. Remember the present. Remember presence. Remember how it feels to be here. Not in your mind as a memory but by turning and coming home to our experience, bring your attention to your experience. And you notice you can still hear me, you can still see other people, but there's a feeling of presence. If only for a moment, if only partially. This is a practice of remembering ourself, our life. So E is embrace. Once we have grounded ourselves, once we have opened the lens of our attention, once we have recollected or remembered ourselves, literally collecting our different parts, body, heart, and mind, then we can embrace what's happening. Noticing that this doesn't mean to cling or to push away or to grasp. It just means to accept that this is happening, whatever it is. It, it doesn't mean like it. It means be with it, with presence. So, yes, in Arthurian legend, Arthur could pull the sword out of the stone because it was magical. 
and it would release and be given to one who could really unify his country. And I'm stretching in the root sense of the word intention to, to share it because I think that what often doesn't get touched upon in teaching this practice is that what is unique about what we're doing is that it is an opportunity to have a unified attention to be fully recollected or fully remembered when we're all present. And we know this, it's not something that anyone here hasn't tasted at moments in their life, usually in moments of relaxation or joy, but sometimes just the opposite in the midst of a great shock. When we're all present, when we feel like we're here in our bodies, when we're alert and aware in our minds, and when our hearts open, when we're moved to compassion or to a feeling of belonging, being part of something, when we're all here in that way, our life has a very different quality. We have a sense of being connected, of being nourished and supported by life. And again, this is not to say that life is always easy or the weather is always balmy, so to speak. But it is to say that we have an energy within us, a force that is greater than thinking, that has a quality of resilience, of love, not in the sense of romantic partnership or, or any kind of bond or vow that we usually equate with love, but in the sense of a capacity to open, to receive and connect with life just as it is. So let's sit together and then we can have an exchange. So take a comfortable seat. As always, take that word comfortable seriously meaning let yourself be upright and alert, but also relaxed.
and just make space. And making space means just be still. Just be still and notice how it feels to be here today. Without straining for a more complete experience or any other idea of what that should be, but just softening and opening to receive what's here. And notice that this action of bringing the attention to the body begins to soften us, settle us down, open us. Let everything be okay as it is. Meaning not like or dislike, but just acceptable. And notice how it feels to be still. And see that you can let everything happen to you, thinking, feelings of all kinds. Just let it happen, noticing that you can come home to the present moment. Opening to an awareness that's still, but also open. 
just rest in stillness. Noticing that it extends beyond the body. That it's deep inside and also beyond, open, vast. Notice how it feels to come home to stillness, to an awareness that receives you just like this. That sees with compassion and caring.
Notice how it feels to remember to be present. To come back to the body and the present moment and open to an awareness that sees with kindness and compassion. Notice that you can begin again at any moment. Noticing how it feels to come out of the isolation of thinking. To be held by an awareness that's open and vast. Completely accepting.
yourself. Notice how it feels to be held in love. To be gazed at by an awareness that sees with care, with acceptance. You get lost in thinking or feeling or picturing. Just come home to the body, to sensation, to the present moment, noticing that it's open. that you can let go and be held.
thank you for your practice, for sharing your presence with us. And we have time now to uh, share comments or questions about this practice, and it would truly be wonderful to hear from you. And please feel free to speak. Don't feel like you have to have something coherent to say or some beautifully crystallized question or observation. Sometimes, just often, always, in fact, just sharing your energy, your presence can be helpful for all of us and for you. Um, I was just noticing something um, during the meditation. Um, I was in my head a lot. And then when I shifted to my body, I noticed I had like a pit in my stomach of worry and tightness. And thinking about this group that I'm in where we're just, we're, learning how to love our inner child, our calling forth the loving parent to help nurture the inner child. And um, it gets pretty intimate at times. There's only a few of us. And I noticed that it was related to that. And I kind of a, um, I guess it has to do with trust of the group members um, that when I share things that I um, feel safe. Um, so I, you said we could say anything. So I just felt like I, I tried to love that part of my stomach that was feeling anxious and worried. Um, and it helped. I was sending energy to that part of me, but it, it was a very uncomfortable feeling in the pit of my stomach. So thanks for letting me share. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing. And um, I, this is a wonderful practice to do along with work like that, because as you've already seen and experienced probably, this is a practice about trusting awareness. Trusting that there is an awareness in us that can meet or hold what appears, whether it's tension in the pit of the stomach or fear or mistrust that it can meet everything that arises with this compassionate, interested awareness. Mm. 
and it's so extraordinary too. And every time I have trouble sleeping, I discover this anew. The thinking mind really isn't a lot of help a lot of the time. It really isn't. It is not useful. And not just when it's two in the morning and you're trying to go to sleep, but it's, but it's very clear then that sometimes, often, the most useful thing we can do is come to awareness, come back to the body as you did, notice that emotion as a physical sensation. The key to this practice is to, to be with our embodied experience and not to solve it, rush to solve it with our thinking. But again, in that ancient sense of resolution to loosen and open and hold. Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 That helps. I, I think the basic emotion was fear. Uh, yeah. And that's what was causing the stomach to tighten. Yeah. Yeah. Fear yeah. of oversharing or something. So. Yeah. And this is also a wonderful practice to help you be grounded. Mm -hmm. And when we're grounded, collected, um, recollected in that sense, we're more fully present. It gives you a kind of spaciousness mm -hmm. and clear seeing. So you can like take in other people and you're also present to your own experience so that you can see what you feel to share. Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, it really is wonderful uh, for any situation. Thanks. Yeah. And ultimately, it is a work of trust, this practice, trusting awareness, even trusting the impermanent nature of experience. That the way we are conditioned, we're that pit in the stomach, we think it will never pass. And this is also a way to soften and open and be with, with just a little bit of trust that things will continue to unfold.
Gracie. Oh, yes, Eric. Yeah. Um, when I first tried to learn something about Buddhist practice, the instruction was to focus on my breath and to try to leave aside many of the experiences that people in this group often refer to. So I would be grateful if you could help me understand the relationship between the instruction to focus on the breath and the instruction to focus on our experience. Um, are they one in this? Uh, is there some way in which they're ultimately the same, or are we, or are there different teachings? Are there, are we talking about radically different practices? Right. Okay. Good question. And um, they're not radically different practices. Um, traditionally, and this practice is taught in different ways. I'm not going to be very simple about it. Traditionally, one way of teaching this practice as a Buddhist practice of insight or of how to use the breath as a, a technique for, for concentration or for settling down. Also, in the early tradition, they would use sensation in the body sometimes in a very choreographed, specific way, and sometimes all over sensation. So the breath is a tool for concentration. And the same way that a mantra in Tibetan Buddhist practice would be a tool for concentration. So it would have the goal of settling us down. And then in one way of teaching, it would the teaching of meditation was a linear journey. So you'd become a master at breath or at concentration. And then they would finally introduce Vipassana itself, which is a movement of opening to take in everything that's arising moment by moment by moment. But another way of teaching in the monastery and also with lay people is to teach opening right from the start along with concentration, which is my approach. So yeah, it's not like I just threw out the book, but because we're people in life, it feels more natural to work this way. But even if you were studying in a monastery in Thailand, you would ultimately get to this point. Thank you very much. That's very yeah. helpful. Yeah. 
And the, it's very helpful to bring a question like that also because we can't hear enough that, yes, these techniques are immensely valuable and we honor them. That's why we put two hands in our heart space and dedicate the merits. But they're also techniques. And what we're inviting is awareness. And this awareness is beyond technique. It's something that's our birthright, it's within us, and it's something organic and alive that is also outside of us. So it it's to be found in with these wonderful techniques that come to us from the Buddhist tradition, and they also um, exist among the desert fathers and desert mothers in the Christian tradition, in contemplative practices in Judaism. You see what I'm saying? It's not. It's not um, just the property of a particular tradition. It's something that's for us to discover. That's ours and, and beyond us as well. So when you refer to this practice, you are referring to a practice that you, you are creating, you have created. It's a synthesis. Um, I wouldn't so much say it's a synthesis so much as what we have to share one another is what we have personally realized. What we have found in ourselves and what we have discovered works for us. And it's not always so, you know, and you can, you know, have a teacher who is definitely um, representing and adhering to one particular tradition. But most teachers that I have benefited from have shared living experience so that it's necessarily inflected. I didn't grow up in a Buddhist culture, and sometimes I'll use poetry from Western tradition or a, a cartoon from The New Yorker because this is the water that I swim in. You see what I mean? Yes. And I think a wonderful note to end on is, um, and I was, you know, I, I, you might have noticed I like to look up words and roots. Um, the idea of sincerity. 
of you know of course it comes from a root of something being pure from one growth i think it had to do with beer like you can you didn't want to mix it with contaminated or but the, the idea of of just having a wish or an intention to be sincere to let your practice be true not in the sense of like quoting from a book, but to be something that you have realized for yourself. Because in the Buddhist word for wisdom, panya, means literally what you have seen in the material of your own life, what you have seen to be true. And so it, it really does help light our way to see that if you bring the attention to the body, it has a certain effect, opens. So we, and even the Buddha, I can't find the exact quote, and I don't know if they had lampposts, but he said we, can, we find our way lamppost by lamppost that way. by what we have realized in ourselves. And I thought, since we're coming to a close, I think it's very um, uh, refreshing and happy to share this. Like, typically, when we say metta, when we close, we think to ourselves, or we sometimes people will say the name of someone who's suffering or facing a particular challenge. But tonight, and I promised her daughter I would share this, one person who sits with us sometimes, um, her name is Deborah Eiferman, today turns 100 years old. 100 years old. And I think it's pretty cool that she started meditating here during the pandemic. So I wanted to, as we begin to take our seat, um, to dedicate the merits of our practice, which is ancient and truly from the tradition, not just from the book of Tracy, um, that we don't just keep, um, and I'm, I, Eric, I'm, I know that you weren't saying that. I'm just laughing because um, I'm happy that we don't keep this practice just for ourselves, but we let it shine out and benefit all people all beings, all plants, all levels and places, and really allowing ourselves to feel grateful to be part of this opening to include everyone, no matter how young or how old. Putting ourselves right in the center because we deserve care and love and awareness.
and we offer the wishes to everyone in every world. May you be safe, protected from all harm and danger. Allowing ourselves to think of mentors and teachers and people who have helped us and supported us. May they be safe and protected from all harm, supported and nourished. Thinking of friends and others in our sangha near and far. May we all be safe and happy. A special shout out to Deborah today for turning 100. May we all be happy and healthy. Opening our hearts and minds to include all people, all beings, animals, plants, even those we don't think to notice, even those we might find difficult, challenging. May we all be safe and protected and well and know that we belong. Finally, opening our hearts and our minds and our whole field of awareness to the whole of life. May we all be well, every aspect, healthy, accepted, knowing we belong. May all beings everywhere ultimately be free of all suffering delusion, greed, hatred, every hindrance, be free. Thank you, thank you so much. Happy, happy new year. Happy New Year, and thank you for your presence, for your donations, and your participation in every way. And I look forward to seeing you again on Wednesday, on Friday, in Mount Kisco, if you live in the neighborhood, and next Sunday. Take good care. Bye-bye. You too, Tracy. Thank you so much, Tracy. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Tracy. Thank you, Thank you everyone. Happy, Happy New Year, everyone. Everybody.